Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, Birdland. It is September the 29th, 2023. Your Baltimore Orioles are the American League East Division champions. Holy mackerel. 100 wins on the regular season. I honestly, as you know, if you've been listening to this show, cannot believe that it happened Even as it was going along through the season, it was still unbelievable. But of course, they did it. It was a two to nothing win over the Red Sox to clinch the division on Thursday night. The Orioles even added the extra theater of announcing the 30 year lease has been signed for the Orioles to stay at Oriole Park at Camden Yards during the game, basically announced it to the public by putting it on the Jumbotron for the crowd of people who had showed up hoping that they would get to see a clinching game. A clinching game is exactly what they got to see. Anthony Santander put the Orioles ahead for good with a home run in the first inning. Heston Kerstad added a little insurance with a bloop double in the eighth inning that scored the second run, and the Orioles did it. They went on and won the game. Tyler Wells was ultimately the pitcher to get the save in the ninth inning. And here we are, the Orioles. They've won the AL East. They're 100 game winners. It's amazing. What a season. I am Mark Brown. And today, I, I will tell you, I usually have an outline that I try and follow for this uh, each episode. And today, we're going to see how I can do just kind of drafting on exuberance. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to go down the list of Orioles players as they are listed on baseballreference.com and try and say something nice about every player who has appeared in a game for the Orioles this season. 
Some will be more difficult than others. We'll see uh, how I do, but let's get rolling. At the top of the list, because he is the catcher, is Adley Rutschman. And honestly, it's hard to imagine this transformation without Rutschman. And of course, I, I eternally will believe the no-sweep streak that is now 91 series long, which is the duration of Rutschman's career plus one more series, does that happen without him? No, I don't think it does, and I don't believe it is a coincidence at all that Rutschman's arrival is when things started turning around. He was, of course, the former number one overall pick, hyped prospect his entire minor league career, and he arrived, and he has been absolutely everything that we could have wanted. He is, of course, the team leader in on-base percentage this year. All the stats I'm rattling off since it's on, um, I'm looking at this on Thursday night, don't count anything that happened in Thursday's game. So 373 on-base percentage among players who have played the full season for the team. That is a leader by far in A-10 OPS, 20 home runs, nearly as many walks as strikeouts. He has 90 walks to 98 strikeouts going into Thursday's game. Does lead the team in double plays grounded in two, but you know what? Who cares? He's getting on base a lot. He is the team leader in run scored, and, you know, Adley hugs are absolutely a part of what's going on. Ryan Mountcastle Scuffled a little bit in the first half, but when he came back after battling illness and vertigo was really doing a great job at the plate. Did recently miss a bit of time with some shoulder inflammation, but 18 home runs in 111 games, not terrible for a right-handed power hitter who has been victimized by the change to Baltimore. He could have really um, given up and just gone into the tank, and he did not do that, and Really, you've got to credit every player who managed to straddle the rebuild years on to make it through to the present because it wasn't guaranteed for Mountcastle. It wasn't guaranteed for any of these guys. So congratulations to him along with everyone else. Adam Frazier, career high 13 home runs this year. Not always your or my favorite Oriole. He is a below average hitter, but he's really come through big in the clutch, and that shows up in his batting splits for the season as he hits substantially better when there are men on base compared to when the bases are empty. A 529 OPS when there is no one on base, a 941 OPS when there are runners in scoring position. Adam Frazier drove in 47 runs in the 122 plate appearances he took with a runner in scoring position this season. And those times, he nearly drew as many walks, 14, as he took strikeouts. Frazier, undoubtedly part of the veteran presence in the clubhouse. Easy to poo-poo that as fans, but I think there were certainly some intangibles that were not showing up on any stat sheets that definitely were going on in the clubhouse. Jorge Mateo, amazing in the month of April. My wife's favorite Oriole the entire season. 30 stolen bases for the year. Did show good defense a lot of the time, although he also did have some problems we know. But overall, he definitely brings something to this roster that nobody else does. And I am hoping that his speed in a close playoff game can potentially be a game changer. Ramon Arias, gold glover last year, maybe a bit of a setback this year. Uh, Just about a league average hitter overall. Only four home runs in 113 games played. Would have liked to see more power, but you know what? The uh, the batting average, on-base percentage, the slugging, none of it was horrible. 
And he really ended up serving in kind of a super utility role that I don't think you necessarily would have predicted for him before the season, including even making seven starts at first base, also getting some time at second base in addition to his primary position of third base. And, you know, that was a key part of that versatility is definitely a key part of what the Orioles have had going on. Austin Hayes, an all-star this year, really an unexpected all-star. He was better in the first half than the second half, I think, but amazing season for him. He is another one of these guys that has straddled not only the rebuilding years, but the pre-rebuilding years. He was a 2017 Oriole, came up in September 2017, and was around as everything fell apart, and he's still here. He's still here. It's amazing. Good for him. Slugging 450 for the season, 16 home runs. Another guy, right-handed power hitter, got crushed by the addition of Baltimore, I think. And he just keeps on trucking. He plays some good defense. He has had a a 2.6 war season, according to baseball reference. And I am curious to see what the Orioles are going to do with him going forward. But for this year, I really couldn't imagine anybody else in left field. The um, prospects uh, who came up did not really hit this year. And so, you know, it was important for Hayes to play left field all year. And he played it a lot. And that was good. Cedric Mullins, of course, the team's primary center fielder, although he did miss some time. Not his best season. Of course, he was much better two years ago when he had an 878 OPS, but still a three-war season, according to baseball reference. That's because if you are slightly above league average and you can steal 19 bases and you can play solid defense in center field, you are offering a lot of value to your team. Another guy, I mean, it's it's just, you can't imagine the Orioles succeeding without Cedric Mullins. And really, that's true of nearly everyone I'm saying. I don't know why I'm repeating myself so much, but everybody has been great. Everyone has played their part, and some have played it a little bit better than others, but so many were just indispensable, and so many of them we could not have imagined would be indispensable going into the season. Anthony Santander tied for the team lead in home runs with 28 Nearly an 800 OPS going into Thursday's games. He does lead the team in strikeouts, but that's because he's hitting for power. And that is seen in how he is now chasing down Chris Davis for the all-time Utah Street home runs. And I think he really might get there. Ryan O'Hearn may be one of the most surprising Orioles. I expected absolutely nothing of the group of players who are competing for kind of a backup first base role back in spring training. O'Hearn in particular had never been good in more than uh, about 150 at-bats in a season while being with the Royals. Age 29 season, you just don't expect, oh, okay, suddenly he's in Baltimore and there's no more shift and suddenly he's going to be a good player. Well, he was a very good player. He, uh, with his 14 home runs in 357 plate appearances, was one of the more prolific on a uh, home runs per at-bat, and he was over a 300 batting average up until very recently. Just one of the most unexpected guys, and good for him. Good for Team Ryan. Of course, there were three different Ryans over the course of the season. O'Hearn, the best hitter of the bunch. Gunnar Henderson, another former number one overall player. In fact, he is of the full-time players, the best hitter on the team, bringing his 822 OPS into the Thursday's game. 
also tied for the team lead with home runs and has stolen 10 bases just for fun, drawn some walks. Uh, excuse me, he's the one with the strikeout lead, not Anthony Santander. 156 strikeouts for Gunner. That's okay. He is doing enough to make up for it. I think he is better at shortstop for defense than third base. Still play pretty good at third. We'll see how the Orioles do that going forward. Oh, and by the way, Henderson, almost certain to be the American League Rookie of the Year, and deservedly so, which for those uh, really interested in the details out there probably means the Orioles are almost guaranteed to get a bonus draft pick at the end of the first round in next year's draft because Henderson was a top prospect who they had on the roster all year. Fantastic. Aaron Hicks, I will be honest, I dreaded when the Orioles signed him. I thought that he was toast, and he was not. He was not toast. He came here. He is actually the team leader in on-base percentage, if you count guys with fewer plate appearances, a 391 on base percentage. For the switch hitter, I do think he's lost a step on his outfield defense. He did have some injured list time, but he also stole six bases without getting caught, and is really another case for there being something special going on with the 2023 Orioles that they could unearth these guys, just like O'Hearn, who were not good lately or ever, and suddenly they came here and found something good. Jordan Westberg, one of the big prospect debuts this year, although he had some struggles at times. He, uh, entering Thursday's game, was batting 261 with a 315 on base percentage, 407 slugging. That is a 722 OPS, and when using the park and league adjusted OPS plus, stat is 101, or 1% better than league average, and that is fantastic. James McCann, backup catcher. No one is ever too excited about the backup catcher unless he does amazing things. And although he was not a great hitter overall, he definitely delivered some big hits at times, was able to do enough as the backup catcher to give Rutschman a break as Rutschman was rather regularly a designated hitter, keep him from getting too worn out. And that's why the Orioles went out and acquired him. I was skeptical of that move too, but it was a good one. James McCann, he looks like a fine backup catcher. The Orioles, I think, saw that he would be able to offer something, and that's exactly what he did. Ryan McKenna, we were all maligning him after he dropped that pop-up in the second game of the season. I spent many months wondering, you know what, is that one game going to haunt the Orioles at the end of the year? And on September the 29th, 2023, I can tell you no, it did not. All of the assorted losses that I wondered if they would come back and haunt the Orioles in September did not. McKenna, a fine fourth outfielder, he did end up getting demoted at different times, including right now. He's not on the active roster, the Orioles instead choosing to have Kerstad around. But he definitely played a role for this team, as did prospect Colton Kowser. Although he did not uh, establish himself as a full-time player, he drew 13 walks in 286, excuse me, 77 plate appearances, which gave him a 286 on base, even though he only batted 115. I am looking forward to seeing him some more at the MLB level. Taryn Vavra perhaps was thought to be the utility player in the infield for most of the season, but he only got 56 plate appearances before going on the uh, injured list for the season after being demoted to the minors, a 315 on base percentage in his 56 plate appearances. Joey Ortiz, another prospect who did not quite stick, still looks like he's going to be pretty good on defense, but for his big league time, 
a seven for 34, uh, seven hits in 33 at-bats. Good job getting the first hit out of the way and good job contributing. I am looking forward to seeing him again, but as it turned out, there was not room for him on the roster all the way. Outfielder Kyle Stowers, another guy you might have thought, okay, he's going to play a big role in the next good Orioles team. Well, he only ended up batting two for 30 and was sent back down to the minors for the rest of the year. Uh, I tried to say something nice about everyone. That's a tough one. Kyle Stowers, I do still have high hopes for you. Uh, Maybe not with the Orioles. So good luck wherever you play at the major league level next. Heston Kerstad, what a story of triumph just to make it really into professional baseball at all after his myocarditis and then his hamstring injury. Um, He's already got two home runs under his belt. He drove in the third run of his big league career in 10 games on a Thursday night. That was a big insurance run um, for the Orioles as they clinched. And it seems like he's got power that is maybe going to have him challenging the Utah Street home run record in his career. Are we going to see him in the playoffs? That's one of the more interesting questions. I don't know yet. Josh Lester, you know, he reminded me of a player the Orioles would have around by the buckets uh, two to four years ago. These players where, you know what, it was a good story. They made it. And for Lester, he got to come up and get his first big league hit at age 28. In fact, he got four of them. He drove in four runs, and I hope that he will... uh, Always treasure those memories. And he also, by the way, is a AAA champion since the Norfolk Tides took the AAA uh, interleague, International League title on Thursday night as well. Anthony Bemboom, the third catcher for random stints throughout the season. I guess that was important to the Orioles. I don't know. It was weird every time they did it. And, well, Bemboom, he got two hits in 11 at-bats and also drew a couple walks. So good for him. One game catcher who never got a plate appearance, Mark Colesbury, he has a great first name. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So you know what? We're going to run long. I hope you don't mind. Time to tackle the pitchers. Again, I'm just reading down the list on BaseballReference.com. If you want to go look while you're listening, you can see who I'm going to talk about next. At the top, Kyle Gibson. He's at the top because he threw the most innings. He was signed to be the Orioles' veteran innings eater. And you know what? That's exactly what he did. 187 innings pitched so far. He might get one more regular season start, although the ERA is not great. It's not Eh, terrible. 4.86. Okay, a little bit below average. But again, he ate the innings. And you know what? He pitched well enough to win, as much as I hate that phrase, enough that uh, he did lead the team in wins. He was the winning pitcher in 15 of his 32 starts. And that's pretty okay. Uh, Also, if you want uh, to look at his fielding independent pitching of 4.18, that was a lot better than his actual ERA. Maybe he had some bad luck. Dean Kramer is next. Of course, he was the starting pitcher and the winning pitcher as the Orioles got the clincher, his 13th win of the season in his 32nd start. Um, Kramer, he did have some ups and downs through the years, uh, through the season rather, but he comes out right about league average uh, as a pitcher and the Orioles rotation absolutely needed that. And I am glad that Kramer, and as I've said on this podcast before, Kramer will end up being the only guy from the uh, the 2018 fire sale trades, who has played a part on this great 2023 Orioles team? So he was the survivor from all the or all the players the Orioles got there. Kramer, literally the only one to play. Dylan Tate, of course, was around last year. We thought he would be around this year. He did not end up throwing a pitch for the 2023 Orioles. Kyle Bradish looks like he's going to get some Cy Young votes. I think he's deserving as high as third. He might even get a second if he hadn't missed a couple of starts when, since early in the season he took a line drive off of his leg, but he was back before too long, and what a season he compiled after that, a 2.86 ERA. The first Orioles pitcher with 150 innings or more pitched to be under a 3 ERA since Mike Mussina did this in 1992, so it's been 31 years since we've seen someone do what Bradish has done as an Orioles starting pitcher, a 1.050 whip for the season, nearly a strikeout for every innings pitched. And he looks like he's going to be a great number one top of the rotation guy. I didn't expect that from him, but he sure did. And that's fantastic. Grayson Rodriguez really in the second half was dueling Bradish, although he was not great at all in the first half. He's been amazing in the second half. And I am looking forward to seeing him go second in the postseason rotation, probably second in the regular season next year. And that's quite a one-two punch. We'll see what ends up happening with all of that. Rodriguez, although his first half was a struggle, he has absolutely come back and lived up to the hype. What a bounce back to get down to a 4.35 ERA after his first half. Tyler Wells, the MLB whip leader for like three months of the season, still under a one whip for the year. Even as he started to tire in July, the Orioles sent him down to the minors 
just recently came back here in September, and he got the save as the Orioles clinched. It looks like he's going to be in the uh, bullpen for the postseason, as he was uh, the first year he was on the Orioles. And if he looks like he did on Thursday night, that's going to be a nice weapon coming out of the bullpen. So again, another guy who straddled the bad years up till now. Wells, great job. Cole Irvin, uh, I, I hope for better things from Cole Irvin, but finishing the year with a 4.54 ERA, again, considering he was also bad, he came in, did some long relief. That was important when uh, really any inning he came in into relief was significant and chewing up those innings, although maybe it wasn't the role he or the Orioles envisioned for him, was absolutely a crucial part of the team. Felix Bautista, it still hurts me that he is not around. I don't think he's going to end up pitching in the postseason, but what a season. 1.48 ERA was the winner in eight games, got the save in 33 games, uh, just just phenomenal. 110 strikeouts in 61 innings pitched under a one whip. That ended up being strikeouts to nearly half of all the batters he faced in the season. In fact, for a while, he was getting strikeouts to more than half of the batters he faced. 16.2 strikeouts per nine innings. Just amazing. Yenier Cano, who, like Bautista, was an all-star, a 2.13 ERA for the season, ended up with eight saves, pressed into duty for more ninth innings after Bautista got hurt. What a great first two months of the year Cano had that helped him get to the All-Star game. Just a bit over a one whip, 1.005. What a find. Again, I believe he was a throw-in in the Jorge Lopez trade last year and blossomed into a player without whom the Orioles would not have been able to achieve so much as they did. Mike Bauman, I'm surprised I'm saying his name this high up here, but since he threw 64 and two-thirds innings for this team, that's where he is on the list. The win vulture. He was the winning pitcher in 10 games out of the 60 that he pitched. That was really more a function of the Orioles batters happened to score and either come from behind or break a tie while Bauman was the pitcher of record. He had some rough outings, but, you know, he had some good ones because he wouldn't have gotten those 10 wins if he had been bad in the games. The He would have gotten the brief and ineffective designation and not gotten the win, but he got 10 double-digit wins for a relief pitcher Anytime he did not get to partake in the clubhouse celebration for the AL East. Sorry, Mike, but, um, well, you played your part. CNL Perez, big struggle for the first couple months of the year. I was ready to designate him for assignment. A freezing cold take exposed, uh, as I said on this podcast. And you know what? I was wrong. He's really bounced back. And ultimately, a 3.61 ERA for the season was a solid return to more like the form he showed last year. In the second half, Danny Colomb, another guy I was totally skeptical about when the Orioles acquired him at the end of spring training. It seemed like they brought him on because it turned out that Michael Givens, who they had signed to be the spring training, uh, the veteran, ended up getting hurt during spring training. And so they needed another veteran in the bullpen. Got the lefty Colomb. He's had a fantastic year. I'm amazed that the Twins gave him up. The Orioles were lucky to be able to get him for just cash considerations. Colomb walked only 12 batters in 50 and a third innings across the season, a 1.093 whip, 2.68 ERA in 60 games. Another guy wouldn't have thought, even as soon as like 10 days before the regular season started, Cologne was not an Oriole. And here he is one of the key contributors. Amazing. 
Brian Baker. Brian Baker. Austin Voth. Austin Voth. Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Okay. Shintaro Fujinami had a stretch of great games for the Orioles. Certainly, he's been erratic. I don't really know what we're going to do with him in the postseason. Um, but when he's on, he's on. And we've saw we've definitely seen enough to justify why the Orioles acquired him. We're also going to be holding on to our butts anytime he throws a postseason pitch. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but he does he has potential to be as great as there is. And we saw that. He was the winning pitcher in two games, got two saves, and Fujinami, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with him. You know what? I feel bad that I glossed over Brian Baker. So let me just say he too was the winning pitcher in four games, 3.60 ERA, not horrible over 45 innings. He did strike out a fair number of guys, 51 batters in 45 innings. And he had some games where he was not bad. Keegan Aiken was on the 2023 Orioles pitched in 24 games. Jacob Webb, a late arrival, a, one of the few that or, that the Orioles were able to claim on waivers as the course of the season went along. The Angels gave up on him. Don't really know why. Ultimately had a three ERA in 24 games with the Orioles. Was not called upon to get any saves. But again, when the bullpen was ragged, Jacob Webb, it seemed like, was getting run out there nearly every day. And he held the line and... I was glad to see him, surprisingly, and we'll see what he can do in the postseason. John Means ultimately only made three starts for this team, but he had a huge one, of course, against the Guardians over the past weekend that helped stabilize that ragged bullpen. Means, I feel really bad for Means because, again, he's another one of these guys who straddled from the bad years to now. And because of his Tommy John surgery and then the back injury he suffered while rehabbing that, he only got to pitch two games for last year's team and then three games so far for this year's team. Is he going to be, is it enough for getting him in the postseason rotation? I don't know what the Orioles will decide for that. Although means did have a 2.60 ERA in his three games. I don't know if he did enough to show that the Orioles should put him in the rotation. We'll see. He did only strike out six guys in 17 and a third, but means, you know, he threw a no hitter two years ago and he is still here at the end for the 2023 Orioles Will he maybe be like a game four starter if that is needed for any of the Orioles series? We'll see. Means I am glad that he made it back this year. D.L. Hall looking like he is going to fulfill the prophecy, perhaps, of being the shutdown reliever that people envisioned. Ultimately pitched 16 games in relief for the Orioles this year. Make that 17 because he did pitch on Thursday night as well. A 3.78 ERA heading into Thursday night. He did have some bumps, but he also struck out 19 batters in 16 and two-thirds innings. And crucially, on Thursday night, he came in when there was men on first and third and only one out. The tying run at that time was on third base. Hall came in, got the strikeout for the second out, and... That is what the Orioles really need out of the bullpen is guys who can come out and get strikeouts, and Hall did it. Nick Vespi was the perpetually here and then getting optioned guy, pitched nine games across his stints. He had a decent, not great 4.30 ERA. There will be other guys below him who it's harder to say anything nice about. Bruce Zimmerman, of course, Baltimore's own Bruce Zimmerman, ultimately only needed in six games of relief for 
the Orioles this season. He did not walk a batter in the 11 and a third innings he pitched. Jorge Lopez, the Orioles had the surprise reunion with in September. Couldn't, didn't really go great, but they've got the offseason to try and fix whatever caused him to give up four home runs in 10 and a third innings if they want. For now, well, it was a nice story that there was a reunion. Lopez, as it turned out, got to be a part a uh, guy who straddled the 2021 and 2023 Orioles as well. Wouldn't have seen that coming by any means. Logan Gillespie pitched in 11 games through nine innings. Joey Crable, a 1.80 ERA across his five innings in six games. Givens, you know, it was nice to see him for the Adam Jones tribute. Reed Garrett, who you may have forgotten, pitched in two games for the 2023 Orioles. Edward Bizardo pitched in three. These guys, whatever, if the Orioles get any kind of ring, they're going to get him too. And good job, I guess. There was also all the way down at the bottom, Chris Valamont, one game, two-thirds of an inning. He struck out one batter, did not walk a batter, gave up one hit. He too gets to share his little part in whatever glory the Orioles as a team accumulate for themselves. And again, a shout out to the Orioles AAA affiliate, the Norfolk Tides. They got their own celebration on Thursday night. They won seven to nothing in game three of the international league championship. They take their league's crown Jackson holiday and Kobe Mayo homered in the game. Mayo went four for four and drove in four runs in the game. Pitching prospect, Cade Povich, four scoreless innings, Five of the Tides players from Thursday night's game were on the Orioles at points this season. They probably wish they were in the big league clubhouse celebration, but congratulations to them and everyone who contributed to the Tides being champions as well. We are all excited to see how the prospects that are on that team go and impact the Orioles of the near future, who, by the way, are already awesome 100-game winners. It's, it's so fantastic. No bailbag today. We're already... Crossing over 30 minutes right about now, but camdencastpod at gmail.com if you have a topic or question for a future episode. That's all that I've got for today. If you have enjoyed this show, please subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, or tell an Orioles fan you know about the show. I will be back with you for a regular season wrap-up on Monday morning. I don't know what the show's going to look like over the postseason just yet, so stay tuned to this feed. There will certainly be Good Morning Birdland as long as the Orioles are in the postseason. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's!